Welcome to Friday Night Party Line for September 18th, 2015. Here on the show tonight, we have Cherba. Hey, Cherbs. Hey. What's up? How you doing, man? Uh, yeah, I'm alright. Alright. Get along as usual. <laughs> Bit of chunk and morning breakfast meetings, but what can you do? Eh? At least I'm not on the chili coverage this time. Mm. So. We also have Nelson. Hey, Nelson! What's Hello. up? Hello! What you doing over there, man? How'd your computer go? It is going swimmingly, except without any water, because that would be bad. You're not water cooling it? No, no. And uh, for the very first time, we have Madame Jennifer Teague von Hoffman. Hey! Hello! How you doing? Thanks for having me here. I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Everything is everything is well, and we're happy to have you here. Okay, so we have uh, very, very briefly, nothing too special, but this is, in fact, our 100th episode. Ah! Woo! We survived. <laughs> uh, Holy crap! Nelson really did find the hottest of takes. <laughs> so uh, we have. Uh, we're this is pretty good. I haven't really stopped to count and see how many of these one hundred I did, but uh, it's exciting. We made it triple digits. That's a lot of digits. That's a lot mm-hmm. of digits. Now it's going to be another. It's going to be. The good thing is, here's the good thing. It's going to be about another 899 episodes before I have to update the file name format. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, if we ever get to that point, I will be incredibly surprised. Anyways, we have a uh, we have a duo of delightful, delectable topics to uh discuss tonight first and certainly uh not least is the uh the situation involving a uh a very very cool 14 year old boy named ahmed muhammad cherba you are aware of this uh very cool little young individual are you not yes yes i am his super villain name is the clockmaker so um in case you've been under a rock um or perhaps unconscious or incapacitated in some way uh young ahmed muhammad 14 years old in the uh the ninth grade i believe of um of uh his uh schooling here in the united states uh, was a resident of Irvine College, uh, College, <laughs> Irvine, Texas, resident of Irvine, Texas, um, and unsurprisingly, he was arrested, not for uh, not for you know being a stupid fourteen-year-old and making some and uh, you know stealing or something, but he was arrested for bringing a uh, a clock. To school. <sighs> oh yeah, and because he's Muslim and brown. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. In fact, it was really mostly those other two things yeah. because it turns out that the teacher and the police knew it wasn't actually a bomb or anything to be concerned about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 
And uh, they can say otherwise as much as they want, but the fact of the matter is, is that if they thought it was a bomb, why didn't they call the SWAT team or evacuate the school? And why did they leave him with the supposed bomb in the room together? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, so after that happened, uh, the school, the school made an non-apology. Um, every single science and tech organization reached out. Oh, boy. Uh, Twitter mm-hmm. offered him an internship. Uh, MIT and um, Harvard. Harvard were like, hey, by the way, you could come to here. Come, um, come get a nice tour of all the fancy places in here. Space Camp gave him a scholarship. Someone bought, well, someone bought a scholarship for Space Camp for him. Um, <laughs> and it pretty much started a really good conversation about uh, don't, uh, don't forget he was also invited to the White House yeah he was and, also invited to the White House and invited to Facebook HQ to meet with Mark Zuckerberg mm-hmm. god damn cool yeah um, and it started a conversation around uh, well it continued the ongoing <laughs> and never ending conversation around diversity in tech um some people wanted to have a conversation around uh, STEM and something about nerds being uh, like put down or something. Uh, it wasn't very clear, but... Yeah. I, I don't have a lot of patience for the whole notion that nerds should be some kind of protected category. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just I don't have patience for that. No. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a nerd. This is not any anti-nerd sentiment here, but yeah. We we are not special little snowflakes. Mm-hmm. Mm. What really uh, pissed me off, I, I mean, the racism, as big of the part of the issue that it is, aside, um, what really hit me personally for this whole thing and what got me the most pissed off was that the fundamental knee-jerk reaction to this whole thing, yes, has a basis in racism, but also has a tremendous basis in the ignorance and fear of the teachers involved in the whole thing. I mean, you had the science teacher who in the beginning said, this is very nice, don't show this to fucking anybody. And then, you know, it went off in his bag of class and he showed it. And the first thing the teacher jumps to is, is that a bomb? Were you trying to make a bomb? Well, why don't you just fucking look at it? Mm-hmm. <sighs> so there's a there's an update on this story. Oh, uh, apparently today or possibly yesterday the school uh, asked him to come back and was like, oh, we're so sorry, you know, please come back to class. And he looked at them and he said, no thanks, I'll go to a better school. Oh, yeah, that's right. He transferred schools. Went to, uh... To be fair, wouldn't you? Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Hey, kid, we're gonna arrest you for being brown and having wires. (laughs) 
Uh, I think I'll go somewhere else, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Peace, have fun. <laughs> Fuck this Don't shit, I'm out. Racist and doing what you do. Unfortunately, I believe that other school is still in Texas, so... <laughs> Uh, this whole situation. You, a fourteen-year-old, should not have to consider their the color of their skin, or their religion, or their name when they want to sh- take something they made, something that they're proud of, and show it to people in their lives who they're ostensibly supposed to use as role models. Unless the thing is actually a bomb. If the thing is actually a bomb, then that is a secondary condition. <laughs> I don't know, I reckon that becomes primary pretty quickly. <laughs> I think this story would be very different if it really was a bomb. Mm. Because of the fact that we wouldn't have a problem with him being arrested for a start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if it's something innocent, if it's something, you know, peaceful, then why? There should not have been an issue. But now we have a 14-year-old kid who has been pushed through the circumstance firsthand of this stupid level of racism in this country. Yeah. Well, and that culture of fear that you were referring to, I, I hear so many things about schools where either fear of litigation or fear of violence is just making people nuts. I mean, the amount of lockdown drills that they have in schools these days, it's just that the fear is really out of proportion and out of control. When are they going to start having kids hide under their desks as part of drills now? Uh, Um, uh, Don't no, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was hiding under desks in the. 70s. I was referencing that, that they don't that they haven't done it in a while, but it stemmed that stemmed out of the fear of you know Russia bombing us oh. to Kingdom Come. Yeah, but but seriously, the lockdown drills and the hiding in the rooms and the hiding under the tables, post Columbine and then post Sandy Hook. Mm. I mean, it's it's just crazy. And honestly, I hear these things. I mean, I live in the city. And it's not happening in our schools. It's happening out in the suburbs. Right. And the stories that I hear about kids being just terrified by this, um, by the notion that you would have to do rehearsals for an active shooter event in their school, it's it's just nuts. Whatever safety is gained by having those exercises is totally outweighed by the damage done by the fear. I know. It... it... Kids shouldn't have to worry about that. That's what we're here for. <laughs> Where's the ones that worry about that and are supposed to be keeping the kids safe? Letting the kids be kids. Can I hand up and say not it? I'm a bit more of a problem solver than a warrior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least, you know, no, the but kind that worries the, about things. Yeah, but, but the thing is that as adults, we're equipped to solve problems kids aren't so all they have is this just this impotent fear that they can't do anything this fear that they can't do anything about speaking speaking of impotent fear uh (laughs) shall we talk about our second topic yeah 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 this was always going to be a short episode um oh god 
Yeah. That's okay. There will be more to fill it out later on. I just have to actually tell Victor about it because I got in a bit late this morning, so didn't discuss it beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, full of impotent fear and racism. What could better describe the Republican Party of the United States? <laughs> so we had the, uh, the second GOP debate. Um, happened right basically in my backyard over in Simi Valley at the uh, Ronald Reagan Library, which functions very much not like a library, but uh, is there and is named as such. And uh, sure. the, I mean, it's a bit of an event, Victor. <laughs> it is. Well, it's an event. Um, okay. So the thing, the one thing that I learned from the second Republican debate, mm. uh, besides the fact that I learned exactly the limits of my endurance, because I also watched <laughs> the university <laughs> debate. Oh um, my god! The one thing I learned was Reagan's uh, Air Force One is in the Reagan Library. Yes, and it, it is. It's a very nice looking plane. It's also smaller. I that. That's true. It's also smaller than uh, than the 747s that are used nowadays, and that was an interesting fact. Yep. And the rest of the debate was garbage. Yep. Uh, Trump came out as being an anti-vaxxer. Rand Paul came out as being for freedom, whatever that actually means. <laughs> <laughs> because believe me... I've been watching his career for quite some time now, and it turns out that when Rampol says he's for freedom, that means whatever you would prefer it to mean if it gets you to vote for him. <laughs> Carly Fiona gave us a stirring uh, soliloquy about a terrorizing dream that she had about watching uh, fake Planned Parenthood videos. <laughs> Which has absolutely zero yeah. basis in reality, as it was found out by... Um, I had the article open. Anyone with eyeballs? Anyone with mm-hmm. eyeballs. Let's leave it at that. Anyone has eyeballs. I believe we've used that. I believe we used that last time. That was the last presidential debate when we talked about it. No, we not, didn't talk not, about no, it. No, no, I, mean, I don't mean this past debate that we talked about. I mean the last presidential election when we oh, were talking okay. about the debates. <laughs> I remember but uh, yeah, I will give Kafirina one thing: is that she got a sick burn in on Trump. Oh, that's true. She did. she did. Trump tried to kind of take back and reframe his comment he made about her looks hmm. to be about her personality, and she didn't rant or rave or insult him back or do anything like that. All no. she had to say was. I believe the women of America heard exactly what you said, Mr. Trump. Yeah. 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 Honestly, she was the only one who really came off as a good public speaker that night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody else was either nuts or no stage presence. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think from my impression of watching, uh, from watching her talk was that, yeah, she, she did come off. She was the most composed out of all of them, but it, it really seemed more like less like a debate and more like she was talking at a at a press conference. Mm-hmm. She it was there was not a lot of spontane I mean not that all of them had had an abundance of spontaneity apart from Trump. There but, was um, a point <laughs> There was a point when Rubio uh, was giving a, an answer to something 
and he stumbled over his next line. <laughs> and yeah. he was like, you rehearsed this not enough. Yeah. There aren't enough bathroom mirrors in the world to make Rubio look convincing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte is possibly my favorite. <laughs> So the one thing that I really liked about this debate, as much as any, as much as I could possibly like a, um, a Republican debate without cringing half the time at the massive amount of latent racism, is um, the fact that it wasn't the Trump show <laughs> this time around. That's true. They well, seem... because they oh, talked ahead. about policy, and he doesn't have any of that. No. Um, and I think the last debate, they were all really not prepared for how Trump Trump was. Mm. And really, how could they have not known? Well, Jeb still can't answer a question about anyone else <laughs> in his family without stumbling. No. Which seems like a pretty obvious thing well, you should look out for. He's in a really weird position. He has to both simultaneously support his brother and come to terms with the fact that he done fucked up. Mm. It's kind of a rough spot to be in. I must admit, it's been weird looking at the whole political situation in America. I mean, because really, when you get down to it, the last time a Trump was this popular was in 1887 with Le Pet which I have wow. a weird accent, but okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no. Yeah, who is this? For those like myself who don't speak French, Pantomane yeah. is a, the stage name of a French fatulist, which is a fancy way of saying he was a professional farter. I was going Excellent. to say, that can't possibly mean what I think it means, <laughs> and then it did. Le Petamain literally translates to the fart maniac, at least as far as I remember. <laughs> fart maniac. He is a real fucking person, too. Do not make a mistake. <laughs> I don't know, Cherba. Sometimes, sometimes you say things, Cherba, and I don't know if you're just trying to pull my leg or if you're being serious and history really is that fucked up. <laughs> Look, man, I swear to you, drop his leg. Me and I'm telling the absolute truth when I say that. Uh, so, our political. Uh, is there anything else that can be said about that menagerie of maniacs? Well, let's talk about the JV debate. Am I the only one who, uh, who watched it? I didn't watch it, but uh, NPR played some snippets on uh, All Things Considered while I was out driving. So it basically. I didn't watch it, but I got the Twitter highlight reel. Yeah, yeah the Twitter. Yeah, I didn't Twitter, watch it. Debate Twitter is turning into one of my favorite Twitter times. Yeah. Mm. I um, think I did see that. I did see that clip of uh, Lindsey Graham uh, talking about immigration policy. The one where he doesn't speak English too good. Oh, yes. Yes. Lindsey Graham, surprisingly, was almost reasonable. <laughs> he, was, he was reasonable. So, okay, 
my take on Lindsey Graham in the JB debate is the same as my take on uh, Nietzsche, which is when he's talking about other people's bad philosophies, he's great. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, you know, take Nietzsche. them down a notch. And then he starts talking about his own, and I'm like, okay, I'm done. But you know what the problem is? You can't. I mean, what is the point of the JB debate? They don't have a chance. It's the it's kids' a, table. It's well, the <laughs> kids these thing. days think they deserve a medal for everything. <laughs> well, and also, I mean, Fiorina didn't. She was in the kids' table the first round. Mm-hmm. So this early in the campaign cycle, it's not uh, inconceivable that somebody could rise up from yeah, there. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you know, it's, we've got like it's what sixteen months campaigning at the very least before we even see an actual proper primary? Uh, it's going to be a slog. It's going to be the slog of slogs. Uh, yeah, what, when's the first one? February, March? I don't, I don't actually know off the top of my head. Nobody There's really cares. The, only, ones people actually, the only one people actually care about is the one in November. Which I well, can't believe it's so soon. That's not a primary. No, no. The, that's the only election people care about. Um, people, well, so regular people don't, but media yeah. people care about. <laughs> regular people don't care. Yeah. Uh, primaries in the United States. Wait a minute. <laughs> Which kind of makes me wonder why we're talking about it, because if you think about it, we have three media people of one form or another. This is true. <laughs> plus, plus Jennifer, who I'm not entirely sure of her job role. My apologies, but I do know that her husband is a media person. He is. That, that is true. All right, the first the first primary is Iowa, February first. Oh, the Iowa caucuses. Yeah. Mm. What the Caucus hell is, is this? Weird. Answer a what survey question to continue reading this content. Let oh yeah, do. no, you've got ad block on. Ugh. Well. Let's talk about Adblock really quick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, iOS 9, the new uh, iPhone and iPad and whatever operating yeah. system, yeah. Uh, came out on Wednesday. And there's a new API in it called Content Blocking, which means that apps can block content in uh, Safari and other like web views. Uh-huh. And immediately, people made apps to block ads, much like there are ad-blocking extensions in Chrome and Firefox, etc. Uh, and everyone uh, collectively lost their shit. <laughs> um, and newspapers are starting to do things like, you know, you complete the survey to finish reading this article. Or uh, I believe it was the Wall Street Journal who had a, like, hey, you've got ad-blocking on if you want to read this, you need to subscribe to our magazine. Um, hmm. Or newspaper, rather. <laughs> newspaper. It'd be newspaper. Yeah. Um, and it is funny watching this play out. Uh, yeah. Not to mention that um, Adblock, ad, ad, either it's Adblocker or Adblock Plus, um, took payments from companies to add them to the whitelist. Mm-hmm. They still do. Sketchy as fuck. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of things happening that may or may not be. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say full credit to Nelson, who found the hottest of hot takes. 
so hot it will burn your earballs as I say it. From Fortune Magazine, the headline, Dear Apple, I may rob your store. <laughs> what? Yes, someone wrote the... Making the point that apparently viewing something that has ads without loading the ads, therefore influencing them in any way, means that you are now stealing. Yes, you're stealing the words that are online. It's just the same as if you walk into an Apple store and steal some, you know, apples. Hmm. Yes. This is this is a view inside the media uh, ad operation psyche we, right now. I know we must have we must have talked about ad blocking before, but I think we're gonna need to do a whole I think we're gonna need to do an episode of acceptable vices or something just about ad blocking. I think we're we should about spam. That's well spam is basically a non issue now. Anyways. Uh, well, it is now that I have an ad blocker on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bit weird. The media has always been a little bit funny with technology. For example, I've lost uh, probably uh, 30 or 40 articles that I wrote for a magazine mm. oh, a couple of years back now because the editor was just this old stodgy dude who thought that if you put your content online, recurring theme incoming, people would steal it. So he refused Whoa, to put hold anything on, hold on a second. Wow, wow, ow, ow, hold on. I think I just got time war back to the late 90s. Something <laughs> Napster, RIAA, ooh, that was a weird... To be fair, this guy back. was a bit like the Art Bell of Australia, and it was a conspiracy <laughs> theory magazine, and I was kind of the token skeptic. <laughs> oh, that magazine, uh, okay. Yeah, this guy was. This guy had much deeper weirdness than that. But still, I I really liked those articles because they were fun. It's really it was really fun digging into conspiracy theories and being like the hey, let's look at this from a different angle, guy. To right. people who normally uh kind of have a paranoid obsession with looking at things a very very different way. Let's say. Speaking of uh, speaking of strange people. Um... And, and conspiracy theories about their origins. Um, Chirba, why don't you tell us about how your prime minister, sorry, former prime minister, was uh, booted out of out, booted out of office? It's true. Uh, Tony Abbott is no longer the Australian prime minister. It is now Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, who was previously the minister for communications. He is a guy who is pretty alright and also related to Angela Lansbury. Not, not joking, he really is. It's so, his aunt, or I think. So how did that actually happen? Like, how did he get <laughs> kicked out? Okay, that actually takes a bit of explaining. See, in America, you vote for your governor, your congressman, your local mayor, you know, things like that. And you vote very directly. A vote for Barack Obama is a vote for Barack Obama. It's not a vote for the Democrats. Whereas down here we use what's called the Westminster Parliamentary System where we don't vote for politicians so much as we vote for parties. So we will vote for, say, the Labour Party or the Liberal Party and then the party selects the leader who will be the Prime Minister, usually the leader of the party, but it doesn't have to be. Basically what they said is, well, Abbott, we're sick of you. 
we're really you as the leader of the party and we're installing someone else. Thus, we change prime ministers without actually changing governments. And, and out you go, you vote. mad onion munching monk. <laughs> yep. The mad onion munching monk. That's a bit of a tongue twister, eh? <laughs> All right. But yes, he's gone. Small part, small bit of news, but you know, still quite good. The fact that the fact of the matter is, to me, what was so so surprising was when you first told us about it. I was like, oh, wow, this is gonna this is gonna be really interesting. I wonder this is gonna take a long time, and then nope, it just happened within like the course of a day. <laughs> I was expecting a couple of days of fun because the last one, like they said, okay, we'll do it. A few days hence, at dawn, the showdown at the showdown will commence, and that was when uh, I believe Rudd got rid of Gillard, or maybe it was Gillard. Got rid of, no, it was when Rudd got rid of Gillard. They gave it a few days in between, and everything got quite tense. But no, this one they were just announced in the afternoon. We had a new prime minister before midnight. It was great. Hmm. Amazing. Uh, Still not my favourite though. Not your well. You uh, you support the uh, the Labour Party, right? I don't particularly support any party. Ah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I will sometimes vote for the Labour Party if I would rather them get in than someone else. I will sometimes vote for someone else, but for the most part, I you know mm-hmm. don't support anyone over anyone else. It's just whoever I think would be best for the position in that place at that time. Mm. How often does this happen? But, uh, uh, that depends. <laughs> In the past, not very often. Like, once every couple of years, if not more. Don't forget, like, there was a period of time where we had the same Prime Minister for about 11 years. Wow. And that was, then uh, Howard, suddenly. Right? Yes, that was Howard. Hmm. And then suddenly we've gone from that to having four prime ministers in about as many years. Mm. Like, the average term of the prime minister has dropped to about 1 to 1.5 years. Wow. It's like buying a goldfish. Except, you (laughs) you know, you have to go and take some time out and put a slip of paper in a box and eat a sausage. Yep. And like a a goldfish, sometimes they end up in the ocean. Because I have well, to bring up that, that missing <laughs> prime minister of yours every time we talk about Australian politics. <laughs> also, speaking of elections, America, that is how you want to improve your voter turnout. Anyone who votes, <laughs> instead of a poxy sticker, give them a sausage. Oh, the sticker sausage. is so stupid. Like, I voted. No, give give me a give me something delicious to eat. Mm-hmm. Actually, I believe the first Prime Minister in my lifetime, at least, who got the knife, I think was Kevin Rudd? I'm not entirely sure. But I think it was Kevin Rudd, and I'm pretty sure that what happened was that they heard I was coming back from England, because I said, if he gets elected, I'm going to leave the country. And unlike basically 100% of the people who do that, I did. (laughs) And I went away and, like... I'm going, yep, not coming back while he's still in. And then, you know, two-year visa came up, and I'm like, hmm, yeah, looks like I'm going to have to make a liar out of myself. I was probably about, oh, an hour out of landing in Brisbane International when Julia Gillard called the meeting to get rid of Kevin Rudd. 
oh, very okay. shortly before I touched down that he was removed. <laughs> Alrighty then. Well, you know what? I think we covered all the uh, the important news and such for this past uh, for this past couple of weeks. Really good stuff. Uh, which is what Friday Night Party Line is supposed to be kind of doing, as opposed to Acceptable Vices, just where we talk about you know whatever we want. So, um, I'm working on something interesting next week for Acceptable Vices. If that doesn't pan Gosh. out, we'll get ad plot. We'll get ad blocker episode, which will be fun. <laughs> we'll just get ad block to block us. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> All right, so thank you, Nelson, Cherba, and for the first time, Ms. Jennifer Teague von Hoffman. Thank you for coming on to the show. And, cool, it was uh, fun. Yeah. Uh, th- just quickly, does anybody have anything they want to plug? We should get Con on next time. We'll have collected the whole set then. Ah, that's <laughs> true. Maybe, yeah. maybe after he gets back from Ecuador, we can, yes. uh, we can see what's going on. Actually... If he's back next week, he would be good to have on for the ad blocker one. He's a uh, he's both in the uh, both in the media and a very funny guy. <laughs> this is true. True that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do have something to plug. You do, in fact. Okay, I'm just kind of talking and saying words while I look. Really, up you're talking and saying words, Turbo G. Why would you be talking and just saying words? Well, it's probably because I'm typing things into Google so I can pull I up the see, name of things. I see, anyway, I, see. I have an album to plug ah. that I bought quite recently and I've been listening to... Well, I was listening to it in the van. It's not really driving music, I've got to say. <laughs> or at least mm. not my kind of driving music. But it is <laughs> pretty damn good to listen to when you're sitting down, writing stuff, chilling out, hanging out, doing all that sort of business. Chilling out, maxing, it's an maxing album all cool. called Fear and Loathing in Judea, a savage... <laughs> to the heart of the dream, which mm-hmm. is the longest album title in the goddamn world. <laughs> but it's still a pretty good album by a friend of the show, Greg Indeed. Von Teig. Yes, it is. And, no, I, I really did genuinely buy this album, and I fully endorse it. It's pretty good. It I've is a good album. I've been enjoying it quite a bit. And plus, he's a quality dude. Mm-hmm. You can give him your money without fearing he's going to be doing dodgy stuff with it, except for buying instruments, because he's a musician. Buying instruments is like more of an addiction than freaking cocaine. <laughs> yeah, Trust I think me, he I can puts out. Play it. I've already got three guitars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nelson, do you do you have a thing to uh, nope. to, to plug? I might have something next week, but not this week. Ah. Okay, so we'll have a spot for you to put your thing next week. <laughs> um, I have a uh, I have a thing. I am stealing this thing from uh, from Dig, which I gotta say, Jesus. just well, I turned a, out of a flashback to two thousand four. That yeah, you know what? I have the um, I have the same thing because the Dig that was basically a Reddit clone is no more. But new All Dig. Around. But new Reddit dig. Was a clone. What? Reddit was a big clone. Really? I thought Reddit came around, first. Huh. Nope. No, Reddit came second. Wow. Okay. Well, the dig, dig that was the spawn inspiration for Reddit, which obviously did leaps and bounds better, um, 
is now a uh, a very nicely curated uh, site of interesting things. And they're, um, one of the things they have out today is the Dig Pick of the Day, which uh, is a very interesting thing of um, the uh, scientist David Hu accepting his physics prize for his research on the principle that mammals empty their bladders of urine in about 21 seconds. Um, the most notable thing about it is that he's wearing a toilet seat on his head, which is both entertaining and uh, kind of wacky. Um, he's uh, getting he's getting the ignoble prize. Oh, I love the ignobles. Ignobles oh, is great. Um, uh, the ignoble prize at Annals of Improbable Research. It is uh, ironically when he submitted his expenses, the academic department thought he was taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's my uh, that's my plug thing. Any, any uh, Jen? Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, yeah. I'll mention something. Um, I'm just looking for the dates on it. I don't know if any of you are familiar with the festival. Full of bad ad hoc hypotheses. Oh, but it is exactly what it sounds like, <laughs> and it is a lot of fun. I'm oh, looking so here good. for what the dates are on on this year's, but uh, I think it's going uh, yeah, on so it's now. It may be this weekend in. Um, uh, yeah, actually, this weekend it's happening in Massachusetts. So depending on when this airs, it's it's September 19th at MIT. But uh, in San Francisco, they have a Bob Fest happening October 22nd. Mm-hmm. And then um, Seattle, October mm-hmm. 11th. And they've all got different themes. So yes. if one really wanted, you could probably go to all three of them. <laughs> and I've, I've been to the MIT one a couple times, and it's just been fantastic. And if you're not anywhere near any of these locations, you can watch the videos that are put up after the fact. But um, the keynote of these, I, I believe this was made by um, by Matt Inman of the Oatmeal. But he gets you know the people from Cyanide and Happiness, and he gets um, the Saturday Morning Breakfast cereal guy as well. Yeah, Zach something. I Zach Wiener Smith. Wiener Smith. Yeah, yeah. He did the keynote last year at MIT. Yeah. Very good. It's it's all hilarious and. Definitely worth a watch. And if you can attend, you absolutely should. Uh, the tickets for the... Um, it looks like the uh, the one for this weekend may be sold out. I but, would imagine, yeah. Uh, wait, no, no. It's uh, it's good. You can still get them. They're like oh, wow. $15. $8 if you... Oh, no, I'm sorry. They're sold out. <laughs> <laughs> but the one for October... Yeah. <laughs> But the one in October for San Francisco, um, they're $20 for preferred seating, $10 for balcony. Premium is sold out, but that was $40 anyways. So, And there's a whole lot of YouTube oh, videos yeah. on their yeah. website too, and, and those are worth watching. If you're the kind of person that likes the, um, the academic video that just goes chicken, 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 oh chicken, 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 this chicken. is absolutely yeah. up your alley. Absolutely. In fact, I'm going to put a link to the chicken one in the description as well because it's just too good. 
All right. So that is it. We will. Well, you will hear us next week. I'm getting better, Cherba. You will hear us next week on Acceptable Vices, where we will either be playing Derek's game or doing the uh, the ad block episode. You will find that out. You'll just have to wait and listen to uh, to know. In fact, I won't even put anything in the title of the episode. It's going to be a surprise. So. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.